Here's Sangwoon Jean, far side circle, finds the trailer, it's Sylvester, he scores! Oh, what a rocket from number 16. Not in front pass save by Harmon. Lead from Mitsulinski, he's in on a breakaway, he scores! The cabaret is shot, stopped by Harmon. The rebound came out, oh, and Harmon with the denial. Hello, all, and welcome to yet another edition of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. My name is Liam Godmer, joined by my media assistant, J.D. Kuchta, and Gladiator forward, Spencer Kennedy. Spencer, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So, Spencer, we come off of a four-game road trip uh, against the Orlando Solar Bears, South Carolina Stingray, Savannah Ghost Pirates. Things didn't go exactly the way uh, that the team may have wanted, but just in your opinion, what did you see? And we were talking about before the episode, right? Saved our best game for our last one. So. Yeah, it was good to see the guys uh, persevered and pushed hard for that fourth game. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't get the bounces we wanted. Uh, goal turned off or disallowed there at the end of the period. But yeah, I was happy to see that all the boys stuck with it and we pushed all through the weekend. Would love to touch on a little bit more of that last second goal or non-goal rather for Reese Vitelli. Have you ever seen a goal come that close but not count? I don't know. And Vitelli, he shot that puck pretty hard. It was on a string, so he couldn't have uh, got it there any quicker. But yeah, it's crazy that we have all the video and stuff for the refs to make sure that call was right. And unfortunately, we didn't get that call, but we stuck through it. And we had a good third period. We just we didn't bury on some of our chances, which we know we need to improve on. And I think we will do that for our fans at home this weekend. And we talked about the second game in Orlando. Let's talk about the first. You go toe-to-toe with Daniel Walker. Talk to me about that fight. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a tough guy, tough customer. And, yeah, that's kind of my role here. So, yeah, just trying to fire up the boys. Uh, we were down and hoping uh, to get a spark on that bench. And I think we, we did get a little spark from it, but uh, unfortunately didn't get the two points. Right. So for you personally, you joined the Gladiators. You've been to Orlando and South Carolina, right? Yeah. Before this road trip. Yeah. But first time in Savannah? Yeah. First, first time, time ever for ever you in Savannah? in Savannah, yeah. What did you think of the city? Uh, yeah, it's a great city. Nice. Our hotel was very nice. Uh, rink, very nice. Yeah, they got a good organization there. Um, sucks we couldn't have won one there, but uh, yeah, no, it was a fun experience just to see what it's like there on the river. A uh, couple good restaurants, good good time with the fellows for sure. So you talk that it was a good experience. What about your experience in the SBHL? I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, Liam, but I apologize. Uh, what, what was that like? I know you were part of that championship winning team last year. Yeah, that was a great experience for sure. Um, not many times you get to win a championship in professional hockey. So for me to do it my first year was a really cool experience. I learned a lot from the older guys that were there. Like we had a few 30, 32 year olds that really knew how to play the game, knew the right way to play the game, and we were rewarded with the championship. So, yeah, the SPHL was a great experience. It definitely helped me become a pro, be a better pro, and uh, learn the ins and outs of what it's like to be a pro every single day. And, yeah, Dan Bremner, everyone from the owners in Roanoke, yeah, they do it, they do it the right way there for sure. Talk me through that playoff run as a whole. Uh, yeah, it was crazy um, for sure. Um, I was hurt with my hand, so I got to witness it firsthand. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, but it was cool to be an outside eye looking in and being in the locker room with the guys and having a, say, uh, having a voice in the dressing room and watching some of those tight-knit playoff games was pretty cool to see 
and just watch those older guys, like how they weather the storm, how they, because yeah, the other team's going to make a big push. They're put their seasons on the line. It's their last period of their season. Like they're going to give it all they got. So you got to weather that storm and then push back with your storm. So it was cool to see how the older guys uh, did that. And I learned a lot from guys like Mac Jansons, who was the captain there. And some of the guys like Matt O'Day, who have been doing it for a long time. So did you feel like that experience really set you up for success once you uh, inevitably got to the ECHO? Um, yeah, it definitely helped with some success for sure. Um, it definitely showed me what I need to work on there. And I did work on it a lot in the SPHL and just kind of bringing that mindset to this level for sure. It's just like being the last one off the ice at practice every day, working on my skating, working on those fundamentals, just kind of perfecting your craft and trying to become a better pro. You know, on that note, real quick, um, Spencer, you are always the last one on the ice. Do you just make it a note in your head, just like nobody's going to get off after me? Or just what's, what's your mindset with that? Because I saw Connor Kasperi, who was here prior, you know, he would do the same thing. You know, just, again, want to make their presence felt. So You know, uh, it's just you got to perfect your craft. And, yeah, just getting better at every single day is a big thing for me. And if that's being on the ice the last one, helping – the goalies, if they want to work on stuff, that helps me with my shot. Um, for my skating, just being on the ice, doing skating drills, that's huge for me. You can never get more reps of skating for me. Like, I can do it all day. I could work on skating because I do need to work on that if I want to get to the next level. So that's what I want to keep doing, and that's where I want to be in the future. So with that comes a lot of work you got to put in after practice because just doing the things in practice is just going to – get you by like I don't want to just get by I want to be better and I want to perfect my craft for sure with that being said um coming up to the ECHL from the SPHL is there a difference in the pace of play during games definitely yeah yeah without a doubt uh it's uh it's crazy coming up here the guys are with the puck they know what they're doing before they even get it in this at this level in this league these guys are some NHL caliber hockey players. So being on the ice with them is pretty cool. Getting to see how they make plays, how they see the ice. And yeah, like I said, you asked um, if it's faster. It's definitely faster. It's not one, not one step faster, but two for sure. On that note, what is your mentality shift to shift? Um, just get out there, work as hard as I can, be in the right spots for my teammates to have options, have plays to make, and also protect my teammates, be out there, kind of be a sheriff out there, be dictate, be loud, make sure no one's going to take any chances, liberties on my teammates, and that's kind of my role. Hmm. Love that. So on, the, on that note of you being the sheriff of the team, um, who you've been in a lot of fights so far this year. Who has been your favorite opponent to fight so far? Favorite opponent this year? Uh, Walker this weekend was pretty cool because he uh, fought that rampe. So just fighting guys who are a little bit tougher than me, that's always something to get up for. Um, fought rampe? Yeah, he fought rampe this year twice. Wow. Wow. Because uh, yeah, he was a Syracuse. 
Have you seen like the stuff with with Matt Rempe? Like just like every single game, like almost right off the jump, he's he's getting in a battle. Yeah, his like time on the ice is like fourteen minutes in the NHL, and he has like twenty nine <laughs> minutes or something in penalties. So yeah, yeah definitely a definitely a guy I kind of look up to, and I definitely wish like I want to be him one day. Like I definitely that's my goal. So you're talking to two Ranger fans, <laughs> yeah. of course, outside of being Gladiators fans, <laughs> but um, you know, just seeing Rempe and just seeing his role. Like, mm-hmm. just get a little flashback in my mind every time I see him fight. I'm like, Kennedy's like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we, we have a player like that, which is. Uh, well, which that's is a big neat. compliment to me for sure. Yeah. I appreciate that. But yeah, he's a, he's a beast for sure. And uh, like I said, he is doing those extra reps after practice. He is in the gym working out every day because you have to if you want that to be your role. Right. So I want to take a step back to just the very beginning of your hockey career. Mm-hmm. What first got you into hockey? I was three years old, Tom Thumb, with my parents taking me to the rink every day. Just, yeah, I fell in love with it very, very, right from the start. Um, my parents were big into it, and, yeah, I just I couldn't play enough hockey. I was in the garage shooting pucks, and then we'd go to practice, and I'd come home and shoot pucks in the garage when I got home like that was just kind of my thing and yeah it was um it's a game it's I it's my first true love and yeah it's definitely did you always have a dream to be a forward or were you in between the pipes some days as a young kid or defense early on <laughs> uh I I really dislike goalie uh, okay I, I, gotcha. yeah goalie wasn't for me I was uh yeah, my dad was my coach one year, and I refused to go goalie. I was like, I'm not putting those pads on. And he's like, you have to. And I was miserable all He pushed day. you into yeah, it? Yeah, he's like, you have to. Everyone has to take a turn. And <laughs> I was mad at him all day. I was like, no, I do not <laughs> want to do this. But, yeah, I played D growing up, too. I was a little bit bigger. My skating wasn't very great. So as a D-man, you don't have to skate as much. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll play D. But um, I realized with my size and stuff, my net front presence, like forward, when I was midget to junior, I was full time forward. So, so growing up in Alberta, were you an Oilers fan? Flames. Flames. Flames Grandpa's fan. Uh, season tickets to the Flames. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's been going for years. So ever since I remember being young, he would take me to a few games growing up. So, yeah, Flames for sure. My number one team growing up was the Washington Capitals, though. Okay. Alex Ovechkin. He was my. I would have thought Tom Wilson. <laughs> I, <would have> <laughs> I loved Ovi him in his office and taking one tease like I always thought that would be so cool and I did I was on the power play when I was younger like in that half wall area but as I started moving my way up levels I realized there's guys a lot better than me to do the half wall job so I just was like I'll use my size and go in front of the net so did your love for the Capitals come before you joined the Rail Yard Dogs? At- yeah, yeah. Okay. This was a long, yeah, long time ago. So that's yeah. kind of a crazy coincidence, huh? That you just end up in Virginia, you know, pretty close to the team that you were Pretty for, close. You know? I wanted to go to a game, but it never worked out. I didn't have a vehicle there, so it just never worked out. But, yeah, definitely cool to be around that area. We will work on it. Okay, We, yeah. we will work on yeah. it. I'll, I'll talk to some people. All right. <laughs> we, we can arrange some things. Yeah, I'll <laughs> be sick. I would go for sure. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, just going back to your uh, style of play, something that I've noticed, of, of course, you're you know, enclosed in a very specific role, but every single time you're on the ice, Spencer, you make something happen. Like, is that something you have in the back of your mind? Just like, hey, you know, I don't know how many shifts I'm going to get tonight, but I just want to make sure I'm impactful because, again, whether it's keeping the cycle going in the offensive zone, you know, just waking us up a little bit, you know, of mm -hmm. course, big checks, hits, fights, you know, it just seems like you're just impactful overall for us yeah definitely like you said if I don't get a lot of shifts that game I am a hundred percent on that bench fully energy full energy bar ready to go so when I do get my opportunity to get on ice like I want to make an impact I want to like you said if that's a hit if that's uh, making a good play whatever it is I definitely want to do it to a hundred percent best I can because I'm full of energy so I gotta get the boys going somehow sure so with tomorrow being an early game 10.30 in the morning, Are you, can we, the fans expect you to drop the gloves, get that energy going a little bit, get it going soon? Maybe he doesn't want to do it because it's education day, don't want to scare the children in attendance <laughs> too much. Fair. I mean, what, what's your mindset there? Um, yeah, definitely there are kids that are going to be there, so I'm not going to be running around <laughs> looking for it. But uh, at the same time, like I said, I'm, I try and be a sheriff out there. And if a guy on the other team decides he wants to run around a little bit, um, definitely going to take care of that, take care of business for sure. And on that note, Spencer, I mean, I know we touched on it a little bit with your fight with Walker, but you've kind of made your rounds uh, with the South Division. Uh, you know, seeing you fight Chris Ortabody, uh, of course, Daniel Walker, we saw Matthew Bazarin, you fought during Spit and Chicklets Night, Josh Thrower as well. I know you specified Walker, but are there any other customers that you've uh, fought with that you're just like, wow, like I want another shot at them? Yeah, definitely. Like that order body fight didn't go the way I wanted it to. He was uh, he was a very strong, strong man. Um, he kind of just tied me up weird, and yeah, definitely didn't go the way I wanted it to. Um, we'll see it again, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> definitely, probably. Yeah. But uh, knowing the way we both play, that definitely will probably be happening. But uh, yeah, some other ones like Bazarin was a good one. Um, Obviously, big stage, uh, spin chicklets night. Yeah. Knew that was going going to happen. They had they called them up from the Fed. Um, yeah, yeah, you knew that was happening, and yeah, it definitely was a good one. Um, yeah, a few other good ones. I had a few good ones last year in the SBHL as well. Definitely some good ones there. Um, Sean Galka, I'll give him a, a honorable shout out because he was one of the tougher guys I fought. He was with South Carolina last year. Um, just a guy that's willing to do it and get punched in the face. So, yeah, he's very tough for sure. Going back to that fight against Matthew Bazarin against Orlando on Spit and Chicklets night. Of course, that clip goes viral uh, and is uh, tweeted out by the Spit and Chicklets Twitter account. When you see that after the game, I mean, how many impressions, just how many people saw you drop the gloves? That had to be pretty neat. Yeah, it was cool. My phone was blowing up all night. It was <laughs> all my buddies from back home are like, "You're on chicklets," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, for sure." Um, so yeah, just shout out to all my buddies back home for reposting it, uh, getting my name out there. Um, definitely appreciate it. Doesn't go unnoticed for sure. Um, and all like, if I didn't respond back to you, yeah, thanks for. <laughs> posting it and there's a lot of people posting it so so with that fight specifically and also one of the fights uh, that you had against Josh Drower it just seemed like you were just throwing caution to the wind just blow after blow after blow is there a lot of strategy to the fights or is it just I am going to rear back and just let it fly and hope I connect or I don't know there's definitely strategy to it like um 
definitely thinking about it, mental reps, what you want to do. But as soon as that doesn't happen, then it's all out the window kind of, right? Like gotcha. you can be like, oh, I want to go on left. And then you go on left and there's nothing. So then it's like, all right, like what am I going to do now? You kind of got to be in the moment. And I've noticed uh, from my rookie year last year to this year, like I'm more in the moment in the fights, like hmm. more present with it. I don't like kind of black out and be like, oh, and then watch the video after and be like, oh, yeah, I landed that punch. I'm more in it. I'm more like the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with it for sure. So do you like the electricity in the crowd, like with the crowd always getting super hype? But does that like boost you up at all? That's probably the second reason I do it is for the fans. <laughs> and then obviously number one is for my teammates. Every single time that you've had a fight at Gas South Arena, you, you have that, that yeah, pump-up pump motion, up, yeah. you know, and I know that they love it. That's why when I was thinking in the back of my head, all right, got this podcast coming up. Who do I want to <laughs> bring on? I'll bring on somebody who's become a fan favorite real quick here. Um, so I know the fans definitely enjoy it as well. That's awesome. We enjoy, enjoy it very yes. much <laughs> up in the booth. You ever hear one of my calls of a Spencer Kennedy fight? Oh, my gosh. It seems like I am freaking out. That's because I am. And I want to <laughs> see uh, Spencer win every single time. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I try my best to win every time. But my coach and junior, Kevin Killer Kaminsky, played for the Washington Capitals. Sure. Legend. Um, he didn't win a lot of fights in his day, but he showed up. He fought Ty Domi, Bob Robert, like those are some tough names, and he would hang in there with them. And his teammates respected him for just showing up. Like that's sometimes all it takes is, right. yeah, maybe you're not going to win the fight, but you're willing to show up, drop the gloves, and yeah, you showed up. And on that note, of course, a very new team from last year in terms of the Gladiators, a lot of rookies. But after you fought a guy like Josh Drower, who was, of course, such a staple you know, within this organization and in this community, did you have any of your teammates come up to you and, and say something along those lines like you were talking about? Like, hey, that is one tough customer. You stood up and, you know, like, mad respect to you. Yeah, there were a few guys for sure that have played with him. And even before the game were like, hey, He's a tough customer. Like, just be ready. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate them for showing me out and, yeah, get, being uh, being aware of the sacrifice I'm making, and they, they appreciate it, so then I'm willing to make that sacrifice every day. <laughs> I love that. For me, so let's go back to the uh, SPHL championship uh, in Roanoke. Um, just talk to me about that fan base. Talk to me about that uh, game seven, you said, and you said your captain didn't have – a goal the entire playoffs? Yeah, so it was uh, game four. Game four, game it was four. best of five. We had a chance to win it at home, which would have been, it was pretty cool. But in the moment, we uh, it was uh, two, we were up 2 1. We're going into the third, and I wasn't dressed. So we all go down and put our gear on. We're about to celebrate, and Birmingham scored with like a minute left to tie it up to push overtime. So oh. we're all like, oh, crap. Like, With we're in our we, – no, no, they scored. Like, wow. so it's 2-2 tie going into overtime. Game game four, we could win it at home with an OT goal. And then our captain, who was scoreless all playoffs, wins the cup for us. So <laughs> you, can't, you can't write it up better than that. It was yeah. pretty cool. Um, we're all dressed up in our gear in the dressing room. And then he scored the goal, and, yeah, we all fly out there. And, yeah. so what's the message from the captain and the coaches to the team in the dressing room after regulation comes to a close in a game like that? 
It was, uh, yeah, just keep doing us. Keep, we're going to persevere. We're going to find a way. We always have. We called it, we did it in dogs fashion is what we called it. It was dogs hockey, dogs fashion. And uh, yeah, it was, we never, we always made it a little bit harder on ourselves than we needed it to be. I don't know if we did that on purpose or not, just for the thrill of it. But uh, yeah, we definitely, we could have closed out that game and won 2-1 and won the trophy, but of course they scored. I think it was like 15 seconds left. Like it was in the final minute. They had they had pulled Dooley six on five. They scored. You could hear a pin drop in the rink. It was like, oh my goodness, we're going to OT. And uh we go to OT, and within five minutes of overtime, our captain goes out there and gets the job done. So, wow. yeah, it's good on him. Mac Jansen's one of the best captains I've had, along with Alec Hagman in Peoria, two great leaders. And just seeing him score that goal is huge. Shout out to Mac. That's awesome. Yeah. So I asked you this earlier. What would you rather do, score every goal throughout the playoffs or go scoreless throughout the playoffs and score the OT winner and win the championship? I would probably, as a player, I would want to score every single goal throughout the playoffs because <laughs> that helps our team more through the long run. But, like, definitely as a fan, like, as anyone, that's something you dream about as a kid. Like, I talked about shooting pucks in the garage. Like, overtime, 5-4-3, scoring that goal, making that rink go insane. Like, that's what you think about growing up as a kid. So, yeah, for him to do that, it was pretty cool for him. He's a good buddy of mine and, yeah, good leader too. That's got to be seriously tough for a captain like Mac in that moment, right? Yeah. Just like rallying the troops, knowing that you don't have the offensive production behind you. Um, and you could tell he was upset, like with how he was playing like, a couple weeks before that. Like he knew he wanted to give more. Right. And like he definitely wanted to get on the score sheet. But at the end of the day, like if you can't, if you can't find the back net, you can't find the back net. But right. yeah, he just pure, persevered. And uh, yeah, you got that OT winner. And yeah, he's. Uh, Mr. Roanoke is what we call him now, Mr. Roanoke. Mr. Roanoke. Yeah. Right. Well, we got a Virginia native here, so, you know, in <laughs> you know, JD. Being a Virginia native, you know, I can tell you Roanoke's a little small city. Can you tell me what that parade was like? It was, yeah. It, it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for sure. Obviously, I hope to do it again with another team, hopefully the Gladiators. That'd be nice. I would love to win a, champ- <laughs> a Kelly Cup here. But, uh, yeah, that parade was, uh, yeah, it was uh, thousands of people just – out there supporting us drinking beers throwing us beers all in their (laughs) roanoke jerseys like flags yeah it was uh it was one of the coolest experiences of my life for sure and yeah just seeing everyone out there at the parade was pretty cool that we got it done for them was that the first championship you've ever won yeah yeah gotcha so it was probably building up first big one i had one in minor midget when I was like 15, okay. which was pretty cool too, but like, it still counts. Yeah, it counts. But uh, you know. to do it at the pro level to that extent in front of 6,000 people, it was, uh, yeah, it was something I want to do again for sure. <laughs> right, right. And take me through that playoff run for you specifically. You mentioned that you were hurt, but did you get, you know, some time, you know, in early I didn't, rounds? Or? No, I didn't get any games in, but yeah, just being there with the team, um, it was pretty cool. Uh, I got put on the IR like the day before playoffs. They had, we had to make a decision and coach pulled me in and he's like, all right, we're going to put you on the IR. I was like, well, my hand is broken, so... Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like, reserve, yeah, yeah. I was willing to I was willing to push and play through playoffs because I knew our team had it. Like we knew we were gonna do damage in playoffs. Like we wanted that trophy badly. And uh 
I wanted to be a part of it so bad, and our coach knew that. And he just said, yeah, everything you've done for us so far this year, like we're going to keep you around. We want you in the locker room. We want you with the fellas. We want you pushing through playoffs with us. And I was like, yes, yes, I want to be here. And, yeah, it was a good decision I stayed because we got a ring out of it. <laughs> and you may have been hurt and you may not have played, but I bet your impact was huge for your teammates. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I tried just being a positive attitude in the dressing room because, yeah, there was guys like Jansen's who wasn't scoring. Like, I would go up to him and have a conversation. Dude, you're great. Like, you're fine. Like, you're good. We're, we're going to win this. We're going to do it. And I hope I helped out a little bit to get a ring. But uh, end of the day, the fellas got me a ring. So <laughs> I'm not complaining. We actually got shoes, too. Nike. Did you get yeah, shoes? Uh, yeah, they did it upright for us. And so. the colorway, wow. too? The color blue wave. And the, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they they, they tossed a logo on there? Uh, SPHL champion. Those are Embroidered, yeah. Those are one of those. I'll show you guys pictures of them if you want after. Yeah, show them. We'll post them out. Yeah, sure. You know, that's definitely awesome. So you were in Reading for a short time. Just take me through that real quick. Yeah, so uh, my goal after last season with Roanoke and I told the coaches I want to play at the next level. I want to be in the ECHL. And uh, started in the summer with training and stuff, getting foot speed faster to be able to play at this level. And uh, Reading, I knew the coach there, James Henry. Um, just knew him through a mutual friend and Got, got his number and conversations went really well. And I had a few other teams in the league. I was thinking about like a couple other teams. And uh, yeah, I decided to go to Reading and I got three or four games there. And yeah, it just wasn't fitting. Like the shoe didn't fit there. Um, I, I, lo I loved the guys there. I loved the next level. Like everything in the ECHL is pretty cool. You're NHL affiliated, like it's pretty sweet. Growing up, as coming from a small town like me or small junior B team like me, like I was like, yeah, if I'm affiliated with an NHL team, I'll do it. Like, um, so got that opportunity in Reading, and then it didn't work out there, and I got sent back to Roanoke, and I was in Roanoke for two games, and then the coach was like, all right, like I'm gonna be honest with you, you're not in our top six, you're not because we had a strong core coming back from last year and he's like you for you as a hockey player to get better you have to play some minutes and you're not going to get that here so they sent me to Peoria and I got to play a lot more there got some power play time in the SP and like found myself as a player a little bit got on the score sheet and then I told the Peoria coach I was like I don't want to be in Peoria very long like I want to be in the ECHL and within three weeks of being in Peoria, he got me the offer here with Nezzy. Um, Guy Trudell is my coach in Peoria. He's a Hall of Famer in Peoria, Hall of Famer coach. He played in the AHL. Um, he played against Coach Nez, um, so they know each other. And once he thought I was ready, he gave Nezzy a call, and then I got called up here. That had to be a little bittersweet for you, uh, leaving the SPHL. Of course, you move up in your career, but just from the way that you're talking to me about your time with Roanoke, it seemed like you had a blast in the league. So. I loved it. I really did. And you play against some other teams in this league, and they chirped me a little bit, like, go back to the SPHL. It's like, right. I would love to. <laughs> it was it was amazing there. Like That's no roast. Yeah, <laughs> That's no. That's not a roast. Yeah, no. no, it's like... Yeah, um, I, I loved it. It's it's part of me. I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to pretend like, oh, yeah, it's 
the league below us. It's I I wasn't there. Like I loved it. I I really did. And uh, yeah, every, they treat you pretty well there in Roanoke. There's some few. T there's a few teams in the league that are, maybe aren't as high up there as Roanoke, but Roanoke's like just as well as an ECHL team for how you get treated off the ice and on the ice. So that's awesome. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I don't want to go back there because I do want to play in the ECHL for the rest of my life and hopefully AHL and work my way up. But uh, yeah, I definitely don't want to go back. But if I could go back to last year and live those moments again, I definitely would because yeah, best times of my life. Well, let's fast forward to you getting uh, that ECHL contract and that call from Nezzy. Mm -hmm. What were your emotions at the time? How were you feeling? What was that process like? I was uh, I was so so thrilled, so excited. I was putting in lots of being the last guy off the ice in Peoria, just putting that work in because um, that's what you got to do to get up to the next level. That's what you got to do to get better. So I was doing that in Peoria, and Guy gave me the heads up that coach was going to coach Nezzy was or the Atlanta Gladiators coach was going to give me a call, and I was like waiting by my phone all day. <laughs> And he didn't call me that night. So I was like, gee, like, what's going Pulled on? Pulled an all-nighter there? Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, just waiting by my phone all night. And yep. he didn't call me that night. I think you guys were on the road in Trois-Rivers. And Trois. Trois, okay. yeah. yeah. So he was do doing that. So he called me, like, Sunday afternoon or whatever it was, Monday morning, and asked if I want to be a gladiator. And I jumped at the bit, took that opportunity. And, yeah, now here we are a couple a month and a half later. <laughs> Any other things that you're looking forward to? So you've established yourself with the Gladiators. Anything else you're really looking forward to throughout this season? Um, yeah, a couple more wins with the fellas, that's for sure. Um, and just, yeah, getting better at my craft. Um, working, working out, getting bigger, getting faster, getting stronger. So next year maybe I get a couple games in the AHL. Like that would be my goal for sure is have a huge offseason, come back like 20 pounds heavier, stronger, benching like two plates coming back <laughs> just looking huge and yeah hopefully get a shot up at the next level you talk about your relationship with the boys what can you say about coming in to a locker room you know after the season had started not really knowing a lot or did you know you know any familiar faces in the locker room what was that process like and how welcoming were your teammates um, I think the only guy I really knew on this team coming in was Hoff from Reading okay. at the start of the year. Thank I knew you. Hoff pretty well and uh, texted him as soon as I got the call from coach. And uh, he's like, yeah, dude, you're, you're in a good spot here. Like, we get treated very well. Apartments are very nice here. Um, rink's nice gym everything whole nine yards um and then the guys are awesome too Hoff's like yeah this is one of the best group of guys so I was like okay hey, well sign me up <laughs> when can I fly there um so yeah and everyone's just been so welcoming too um like it's been awesome yeah do you feel like you kind of just fit right in as soon as you got here day one yeah yeah kind of um I've been on two or three teams this year and it's definitely tough kind of because they're your brothers, like you, they're you. You work with them, you hang out with them all day, you ride the bus with them for hours. Like you gotta find a way to get along, and you gotta find a way to hang out. You gotta, and yeah, it's not like finding a way here. We're all just happy to be here and happy to hang out with each other, which is very nice. Because you get some teams with guys that uh, aren't very nice to be around. So yeah, we don't have any of that here, which is awesome. Spencer, you may be a rookie, um, but you. Come to me as a leader. Uh, that's kind of how you establish yourself, you know, in the locker room. Is that kind of 
the player you want to become as you continue to develop. And on that note, how hard is it as somebody who wants to be a leader, of course, in a young locker room, dealing with the struggles uh, that the team has gone through so far this year? Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, it's definitely instilled in me through my parents growing up, like, use your voice. You have a big voice. Yeah. Use it. Don't don't let people walk over you. Don't let people walk over other people. If you see something and it's not right, you got to speak up. You got to you gotta let them know that so then it doesn't happen again. Like you just nip it in the butt there and then whatever. Like people make mistakes. It's life. But uh, if they do make mistakes, you got to be on them. You got to be stepping up to the plate, letting people know, which like obviously I'm trying not to overstep, but like at the same time, that's just how I was raised. So that's how I'm going to act. And uh, yeah, definitely. I'm not, I'm not, I don't shy away from anyone. You can, you could be Sidney Crosby in our locker room, and if Sidney Crosby wanted to be a jerk, I would tell him to go somewhere. <laughs> I think that says it all right there. <laughs> that says a lot about his character. <laughs> well, J.D., I think it's time. Is it time? It's oh. time. Well, Spencer, Thrasher's Night is quickly approaching uh, this upcoming Saturday. I've got the hat. J.D.'s got the shirt and the jacket. And, of course, for those watching live on YouTube or watch after the fact on YouTube, you could see our fresh apparel how excited are you for your first ever Thrasher's Night on Saturday? It's pretty sharp. I like that shirt. Hat's nice. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah, it's going to be, a, from what you guys say, a sold-out barn, which there's nothing better than playing in front of 8,000 people. Like, we did it on Saturday in front of 10, right? It's, uh, it's pretty cool to play in front of that many people, um, especially at home. Like, we were in Orlando, so we're trying to tilt the ice the one way and kind of get the fans out of it, but we're at home on Saturday, so we get that extra extra player in the stands, which is huge. And we're facing the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, and I don't think you've fought a Swamp Rabbit so far this year. We saw Berkey no. fight Jake Stevens on the road there did, yeah. during the last game. Thrasher's night. Spencer, we got to see it. I don't care who it is. We got to see it. Whether it's Pavlichev. I don't know if Pavlichev will try. I think he got called up. Uh, did he get called up? All right. 15, I was just thinking size. Number 15? 15. Yeah, yeah, I think he did get called up. All but right. uh, yeah, definitely um, when there's that many people in the building, it. it's. Uh, <laughs> I feel like well, I'll, find a, I'll find a combatant for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, two final questions for you. Uh, what do you have to say to Gladiators fans that have just become enthralled with you and your game ever since uh, you've joined the roster? And, of course, what's your message uh, to those who've been supporting the team throughout the rest of the year? Yeah, we, uh, we appreciate your support so much. It really, truly doesn't go unnoticed uh, when you guys show up. You guys are loud. You guys are bring a lot of passion to the rink, and that's what we need. We need it in the building. We need it to get the extra, extra point. If we go to overtime and you guys are in there hooting and hollering, that's going to push us to get that extra point. Um, it's going to push us to get that win for you guys. Because, uh, yeah, we do it for fans. We do it for our fan base. Uh, and we do it for each other in the dressing room. What's one thing that fans wouldn't know about Spencer Kennedy by listening or watching the Atlanta Gladiators podcast? Fun um, hobbies. We had Zach Yoder and Alex Whalen talk about their puzzle hobby. Excuse me, Tyler Harmon and Alex Whalen talk about their puzzle hobby. I've actually seen the puzzles they do, actually, at Harms' house. They're pretty nice. Um, I would never do a puzzle person. Not a puzzle person? <laughs> no, not a, pers not a puzzle guy, not a book guy. Um, I like the golf. I like uh, anything sports. Um, I'm into it. Um, I, and actually, um, I'm pretty soft off the ice. I'll give you that. I'm okay. Pretty, I'm pretty soft spoke. Like, I'm not very. Uh, y you see me on the ice. I'm a way different person on the ice with that helmet on. Um, right. 
I'm trying to be the sheriff out there, like we said. Um, I'm, I'm mean, I'm aggressive, I'm all that kind of stuff. But you get me off the ice, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty big teddy bear for sure. Well, Sheriff Spencer Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Atlantic Gladiators podcast. No, Spencer. thank you guys for having me. It's been a blast. Of course. As always, you can catch the Atlantic Gladiators podcast on YouTube or listen wherever you get your podcast. We'll talk next time on the Atlantic Gladiators podcast live from the Business Radio X studios. Take care, everybody. 